0: Hi friends, this is Andy Kesters serving with the ministry Families Alive and you are here for another episode of DIY Biblical Parenting where we want to encourage and come alongside you to help you point your children to Christ. There isn't much of a bigger way to point our kids to Christ than to really think about how to create a gospel-centered life as a family. Uh, to build a gospel-centered culture in our family. And I I kind of alluded to some of that just by how our marriage can be a picture to our kids, a gospel picture to our kids. I did that back in uh, episode 4, I believe. Uh, But this time, uh, I want to go a little bit more all-encompassing. And so, uh, thinking about how we can live out a gospel-centered life as a family, you know, in three main ways living it out within your family life, between one another. So everybody in your home, how is the gospel being played out in your life between one another? Living it out with other believers, those people that are in your church family, or maybe other churches that are in the same community as you. How are you living out the gospel with other believers? And then also, how are we living out a gospel-centered life with those the Lord has put around us, that don't know him how are we doing that with our neighbors right on our street and in our neighborhood how are we doing that with our co-workers how are we doing that with friends at the pool or sports leagues uh, all the um, different people that the lord puts around us uh, even i had a, a pastor friend a long time ago i love this line you know how can we uh, be wanting to pour into and point to christ our friends kids so our peers or whatever, and their kids, and also our kids' friends. So how can we have that kind of perspective of seeing who can we be pointing to the Lord that are, that are in those kind of life connections? Well, one of my favorite passages in Scripture that is going to guide us is in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. So listen to these words, and we're going we're gonna to pull some really important ideas that will help guide us in our lives from this. Here's what Paul says as he writes to the church. Uh, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. I love those words. They are so sweet in terms of how Paul is appealing to the church in Thessalonica. He's saying, hey, remember what we were like among you. Do you remember that picture of what that was like, how we treated you, me and my companions? He, he first starts out saying, we did not have bad motives. So he, he kind of uses the negative stuff first, for the most part. He says, our appeal to be kind to you, to, to share life with you, to share the gospel with you, to share ourselves with you. It didn't come from error or impurity. It didn't come from an attempt to try to deceive you. We weren't trying to please man. We were actually trying to please God. Uh, we didn't have words of flattery to try to butter you up and you know get good things from you. Uh, we didn't have a pretext for greed. We weren't trying to get money from you or resources or whatever. And we weren't seeking glory from people. We were seeking glory from God. So he's saying none of these things, all bad motives. And then he goes into, hey, here's the evidence of what our good motives were through our actions. He says, we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her children. We were affectionately desirous of you. And then actually uh, later on in that same chapter in verses 9 through 12, he says, we labored and toiled among you, working hard night and day. We didn't want to be a burden to you. Uh, We had holy and righteous living among you, blameless conduct, and we were like a father with his children. We wanted to exhort you, encourage you, and and charge you in good things. So, bottom line here is uh, they didn't see any selfish motives, selfish actions on the part of Paul and his companions instead they saw things that were sacrificial they saw intentionality they saw serving encouraging gentleness and caring and the bottom line is in verse 8 and this is going to be our main guide here verse 8 says so being affectionately desirous of you we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of god but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. So there's this two prong picture of really what their time was like with them. We were affectionately desirous of you. So that's part of what was flowing out of them, right? And they were, he was saying, you've become very dear to us. And here's how it was shown. We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, so they were ready to share a message, the message of Christ coming to save sinners, not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. So they they shared a verbal message, and they also shared their own lives with the people there in Thessalonica. So it was that double uh, impact that was really supposed to show them how much they cared for them. So it's the same for us, honestly. It, it, that, that doesn't change for us. That's how we're going to show the people in our family uh, that we have been affected by the gospel, is by doing those same things. So, so what can that start to look like? Well, we want to start with you know, telling the gospel to our kids. Uh, that can be telling our own story about how the Lord saved us, they should hear these things from us. They should hear how we know that we need Jesus and hear about the past, hear how he's affecting us now. Uh, it's good for them to hear our story. It's also good for them to hear um, all the things that the Lord has done in Scripture. So pointing them to God's Word and all the things that the Lord was up to in there to show that he's in the business of redeeming people and seeking and saving the lost. and pursuing after them and and showing gentleness and kindness and forgiveness uh, in the midst of great sin of people. And then also, uh, it's great to tell other stories, read other stories of how the Lord has affected other people like missionaries and the people that they minister to. uh, Or even other biographies of people, other Christians. Uh, Short stories about how the Lord has worked in, in people's lives are a powerful picture of what our kids can hear and, and see about what the Lord has been up to. And then, you know, people that they know. Uh, it's great when there's lots of believers around our kids that our kids are getting to hear about their story of how they came to know Christ. So powerful, so important uh, for them to be able to rub shoulders with other uh, others of God's people to hear their stories. Uh, and then it's also good for our kids to see that, that we want to share our lives with them, that we want to serve them. And, you know, our kids are really good. You know, speaking of Paul's list of saying, hey, we didn't have bad motives, our kids are really good at spotting sooner or later our bad motives. Um, so, you know, if, if we are seeking comfort in life as parents, if we are seeking ease, if we are just seeking to change the behavior of our children uh, so that they're just more manageable, uh, if we're uh, trying to parent our kids and uh, interact with them in such a way that we just want them to look good in front of others and we don't want to be embarrassed by them, or we just want to look successful as parents or as a, as a family, um, or to look better than other people, then our kids will be affected by those motives. And those are not good motives. I hope you're picking up on that, right? Those are not good motives, and it's so easy as parents to get into behavior modification with our kids. We just want them to change their behavior so that things are easier. When really, we wanna present to them the gospel that uh, they're sinners in need of Christ, mommy and daddy are sinners in need of Christ, and that a relationship with Christ and uh, turning to Him for salvation and loving Him and finding our joy in Him, that will change us. That will change us. Not to try to get good and cleaned up in order to look like a Christian or in order to be accepted by God. So we want to make sure that we are uh, serving them, loving them, Showing them the gospel through word, telling them, and through how we act around them. That we're sharing our own selves with them in sacrificial and intentional ways. Our kids also see when we want to share our lives with God's people, when uh, when we desire to be around them, that we love to talk with God's people about the Lord, that we love to. Uh, Talk about what He's done in our lives with other people who know Jesus. It's actually some of the best practice we can have in in growing and talking about the Lord and praising Him to to people. So our kids are going to see that, and that's an important thing for them to see that we love to do. Uh, So if we're feeling like we're not doing that great of a job and just talking about the Lord with other people who believe in Him, uh, and, and making sure we are doing that as a family then our kids are going to spot that that's not really a priority for us and also in terms of how we share our lives with them getting in the word together do they do they see us desiring to be in God's word with other believers? do they see us loving to go and worship the Lord with his people? I know that there's a huge trend, especially after COVID, of worshiping away from God's people and just worshiping online or something like that, worshiping on the TV. It just does not, it's it's not a substitute uh, for going and worshiping the Lord with His people. And when our kids see that we love to go do that and we love to be around His people, that's a huge gospel picture to them. And that we love to pray for God's people. That we'd love to spend time with them, live life with them, have them in our homes, serve together, uh, serve one another, that they see that we're, we're looking for ways to bless God's people, to, to ease their burdens. You know, when we see an opportunity, uh, I'm so thankful for uh, some of the believers who, um, you know, and the Lord has welled this up in me and my wife. We, we see a need that they may have, and then we can step into that as a family. Or we can ask one of our kids, Hey, do you feel called to go over and help this family right now? And they've done those things. And so just that that great opportunity to serve uh, them, to serve one another of God's people. And then lastly, uh, our kids can see how we interact with those who don't know the Lord. So uh, are we open to talking to people who are different from us, very different from us, uh, very different beliefs? Do they see us being willing to spend time with them and talk with them and seek them out on our streets, our own neighbors, right, in our workplaces? Or do they just hear us complaining about people who are so different from us in terms of what they believe about God or whether they believe there's a God or not? They see us just complaining about them, um, talking uh, poorly about them, uh, disparaging people who uh, don't believe the same things we do instead of wanting to seek to be with them so that they can know the God of the universe and his son Jesus who he sent to save us, right? Um, Do they see us wanting to interact with uh, the other people in our sports leagues? Like I, I talked earlier, you know, those are great ways to connect with people. Music stuff, dance stuff, all the different things that we can get connected with other people in. Do they see us pursuing after them? How are we seeking them? Uh, How are we looking to share the gospel with them, building those bridges of trying to find different things that might come up in conversations that could lead us to a gospel conversation, sharing our lives with them, inviting them into our homes, looking for ways to connect with them. Uh, I love uh, this one book that uh, Rosaria Butterfield uh, wrote. I I think it's called The Gospel Comes with a Key or a house key or something like that. I forget the exact name, but she just talks about how they as a family just open their home to the neighborhood. It's just a tremendous picture of how people just know they can come over and drop by anytime. So then, you know, when it's time to put the kids to bed and people are over, well, they just let the people from the neighborhood, whoever's over at the time, they just say, hey, we're going to do this with our kids right now. And so they do their devotions. They pray together. And... They just get to experience that, and that's opened so many doors uh, to their to their neighbors in just sharing their lives, inviting them into things, going to their homes, sharing things with them. So it's just this openness of sharing the gospel, sharing ourselves with those who don't know the Lord. These things are powerful for our kids to see, for our spouses to see, and this will be a tremendous foundation for how... Uh, Our kids will grow up, and how they will think of Christians, how they will think of a a gospel witness in their lives. Because ultimately, just think about this, when we go back to that verse 8, ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. That is what Christ did for us, isn't it? He shared the gospel message with us. Then he also shared himself with us. He gave his life for us, and then he He sends His Spirit to dwell in us. It's clear that we are dear to Him, like it said there at the end of verse 8. It's clear that we're dear to Him. And so He wants to share those two things with us, Himself and the message of how to be right with Him. That He died on the cross for our sins, to pay the price uh, for our sinfulness that separates us from God. So the very thing that Jesus did for us, that's what He's calling us to do uh, with others And first and foremost, right in our home, I mean, we're to do that everywhere we go, but that's kind of like that first line of people that we should be cultivating that with. So may what Jesus has done for us be what drives us to be like Christ to our kids and to God's people and to our neighbors. May the Lord bless you in your efforts uh, to do those things. May he change our hearts so that we would be more like Jesus to the people around us peace of Christ be with you.